So the best outcome is we are very happy together. As a matter of fact, we are one of the happiest couples we know. We're, we're just so, you know, we've, we've come to this place where we're comfortable and happy together. Now, how can I keep this going and get even better? That's an optimist attitude. This week, improve your marriage by being an optimist. Dr. Noel Nelson tells you how. Stay tuned. Do you want to make 2017 the best year yet for your marriage? Subscribe to the Hitch newsletter so you can stay up to date with the latest marriage information and tips from the leading experts. Go to hitchedmag.com. There is a gray box on the right-hand side asking for your email address. Click subscribe and you're done. Again, that's hitchedmag.com. You can click the newsletter link to see all the newsletters we offer, or you can fill out your email address in the subscribe box. Click the subscribe button and you're done. Happy New Year. Everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the always wonderful Dr. Noelle Nelson. Hi, Noelle. Hi, Steve. I want to let everyone know that Noelle is a relationship expert, a popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad. She is the author of many, many best-selling books, including Your Man is Wonderful, uh, also Dangerous Relationships. Uh, Noelle's most recent book is Happy Healthy Dead, How to Live All the Way Up to the Very End of Your Life, and then Kaput. Um and on that vein, she also has a uh, online group called Meet the Amazings, which um, is just some simple posts about uh, people, um, let's just say in the, the last quarter of their life, um, getting squeezing really the most out of it, doing really amazing things. It's, it's really a, an inspiration to just follow it like it on Facebook or Google Plus or whatever the platform is uh, that you prefer and get these really amazing stories. And you can get all this information at her website, noelnelson.com. Um, speaking of getting the most out of things, uh, we're going to talk about how you can have a great marriage, Noel. Um, and you say it's really simple, and that's by being an optimist. And the new year is always a great time for a fresh start, and since it's right around the corner, um, you say um, it, it now is the perfect time to improve your marriage, whether you've only been married a few months, a few years, or a lot of years, many, many years. Um, and so what fresh start are you talking about um, particularly about changing your optimistic attitude. Well, you hit the nail on the head, Steve. I'm really talking about starting off this year in your marriage with an optimist attitude and approach. And the reason for that is because an impressive body of scientific research proves that optimists live longer, happier, healthier, more successful lives. And they experience significantly less stress less depression, and they heal faster than pessimists. Not only that, but my all-time favorite is that optimists outperform their own abilities, which mm. I find 
really reassuring personally. <laughs> so you may be good at something, but if you're an optimist, you'll be terrific at it. No matter what you undertake, you frankly, you will experience more success and more joy by the simple decision to become an optimist. And that includes our favorite subject, your marriage. Yay. So no matter how, <laughs> yeah, really, yay, you know, raise the flag and all the rest of it. No matter how terrific your marriage is right now, you can up the ante. You can take it to even higher levels of mutual caring, devotion, love, and bliss just by being an optimist. And so this is really outperforming your own marital expectations, I guess. Yes. An optimist. You said it so perfectly. <laughs> okay. So um, a lot of people are like, this sounds like a super drug because all these things that you talked about of healing faster, I mean, that's that's Wolverine stuff right there. Uh, yep. So <laughs> what exactly is an optimist? I know the whole thing about people being able to see the glass half full, but how would you define being an optimist? Well, an optimist is someone who is hopeful and confident about the future. See, that's the most critical aspect. Um, it's, it's not about sticking your head in the sand. It's not about pretending that whatever's going on isn't going on. It's about being hopeful and confident about the future. So an optimist is someone who makes everyone they meet feel like there's something good about them. Mm -hmm. Optimists tend to look at the best possibilities and outcomes in a situation to work for those and to expect literally only the best. They tend to be as enthusiastic about the success of others as they are about their own. Because think about it. If you are looking to your own future with hope and confidence, you really have no reason for envy. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Or anything like that. And, and optimists don't dwell on the mistakes of the past. It's like, oh, well. You know. <laughs> Okie dokie. Is that they part of why they on perform the... better? Yes, of course. Mm -hmm. Because they're not beating them, spending energy. We don't, we, we, we don't realize just how much energy is involved in beating yourself or others up. Mm -hmm. Just emotionally and mentally, but they do not expend energy going backwards. They are focused on what could work out or be good in the future. It's kind of we have had this discussion before, uh, Steve. It's kind of like the difference between people who are problem oriented versus people who are solution oriented. Yeah, optimists would be solution oriented. Now is which is in the future. Yeah, is optimism um, as you're describing it, uh, people who are looking forward and toward the future is that like the antithesis of somebody who's depressed where there is no future i mean are these like i feel like there's a definition yes. for the opposite of optimistic yes. okay because part of the yes part of the clinical definition of depression is hopelessness yes okay i mean that's a, that's a big fat part that's why where depression is not the same thing as sadness mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people confuse feeling blue you know like like you're having a yucky day mm-hmm um, something went on in your life that, that's making you unhappy, they confuse that. Well, they'll say, I'm depressed, because that's our, our word for it. But depression, as a, as a clinical term, is way different. It in, Sure, there's sadness in there, but the real key portion is hopelessness. So when you give up hope, 
that's when you're really depressed. Yeah, so sad is an emotion that you're feeling, but you expect sadness to pass, whereas depression is a hopelessness where you don't know where that end is. That's correct, to... correct. And that is the uh, really the antithesis of optimist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Actually, the antithesis of optimist is, is a little stronger than that because a pessimist is not only someone who is not hopeful about the future but sees only bad mm, okay sure got it so it's even it's a different it's a, a depression is is sapping whereas pessimists can be pretty damn aggressive so so it's almost like um uh depression is more of a nihilistic approach whereas pessimism is not just not seeing the point uh, of hopelessness, but it's a step further of really focusing on the negative side of things. Like Correct, you, like, which is why it can lead. It's more energizing. It can lead to anger and aggression and other stuff like that. Not necessarily, it. but sure, it can. sure, yeah. yeah. But most depressed people just want to crawl in bed and put the covers over their head and stay there. Yeah. Okay. So, but we're talking optimism. So, yes, we are. <laughs> and one last point about optimists, and this is going to be important for the rest of our discussion is that optimists make every effort not to resort to criticism or to blame or to be quick to anger because those are all things that look backwards. Mm, okay. So, I mean, you gave quite a list of what an optimist is here. So now let's take it to the next step. How does it play out in a marriage? Well, Think of how much more satisfying and wonderful your marriage can be when you make your spouse feel pretty much all the time that there's something good about them in whatever the situation is, right? So whether they're cooking a meal or doing the dishes or taking out the trash or not taking out the trash or whatever, (laughs) that there's something good about them in whatever the situation is. So if you're faced with whatever issues or setbacks occur along the way, whether that's an issue between the two of you or in your respective lives with an attitude of what's the best possibility here? What could be the best outcome? And then you work towards it and expect it. Your marriage is going to really shine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, I, it, it's interesting because I feel like um, – this gets back into taking those things for granted um, that are closest to you. And this, mm-hmm. I feel like, is one of the biggest problems that people have in marriage is it's like it's almost like as soon as it gets to that level of where you are really good, you're really stable, you're really happy, um, that's when people let their foot off the gas and then start taking it for granted because they are so comfortable in that space that they're then able to focus on other things that require perhaps more attention um, to, you know, maybe turn a corner. But in the meantime, your spouse is like, well, they used to tell me that they really thought my cooking was good or they really would say please and thank you when I, you know, picked up around the house or, you know, we did things together or whatever. and I know I, I realize what I'm talking about isn't optimism specific, but there is that being able to see those things. And then the second part of that is expressing them. Um, right. And I feel like not it, not doing it makes about as much sense as having a beautiful rose garden 
with lovely roses that are, you know emerge all over the place and then stopping the watering yeah exactly <laughs> you exactly. wouldn't do it you wouldn't do it <laughs> And then I would even go we do it in our marriages all the time. All the time. See, that's why that's why when when an optimist says what is the best outcome here, they also will work towards that and expect it. So the best outcome is we are very happy together. As a matter of fact, we are one of the happiest couples we know. We're we're just so, you know, we've we've come to this place where we're comfortable and happy together. Now, how can I keep this going and get even better? That's an optimist attitude. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, I think about that stuff all the time. And it's interesting because I um, was just writing my editor's note for the newsletter. And uh, it's just, you know, it's like a hundred, couple hundred words tops. It's not very long. But I, I was thinking about, oh, what do I want to do? What do I want to talk about for 2017? And it is that push that need that desire to want to improve on even the little things and I feel like that's the fun part like I look at you know I feel like I'm in a good marriage uh, my my spouse feels like she's in a good marriage and you know it's like okay so how can we squeeze more out of this like this is awesome how can we get even more out of it what can we do what do Wonderful. we need to do and it is that part of like I I like for me, I love that challenge. And part of that challenge is knowing that there's no, um, there's no loss to it. Like there's no, like if I try and right. it doesn't work, there's no like, oh crap, we're really screwed now. It's, oh, well we tried that. We didn't enjoy doing whatever it was that we tried to do to boost the enthusiasm in the relationship or whatever. Um, right. Everything is a bonus. Like it's we're playing, we're right. in Vegas, we're at the table, and we're playing with the house money. All the money we brought in is in our pockets. We're going home with it, regardless. We're now playing with right. house money, and I love that. When you get to that spot, um, everything is bonus. Everything is just like adding an extra layer of frosting on the cake. Exactly. And, you know, some would look upon it as you do as a challenge, and others could look upon it as an adventure. Yeah, that same thing, yeah. It is the same thing. Um, and in an adventure, you don't care if that one didn't work out because there's always another adventure. Yeah. I, it's, it's interesting. Huh. Uh, my, my wife and I tr travel um, relatively frequently, as I know you do. And one of the things that I love to do and she loves to do is – get rent a car get in it and and drive not knowing exactly where we're going um and we did this the last time we were out of the country um we usually we have like a pretty strict itinerary and this time we had a couple things that we wanted to do and then like five days where we had nothing in the itinerary which was crazy um but it was crazy awesome like we literally yes. drove into a town and we're like okay let's find a place to stay didn't have anything booked nothing we really then started make because we didn't know where we were going then once we got there then we but had to you start were making phone hopeful calls. and confident hopeful you and were confident. hopeful and confident it was going to be good yeah yeah and and we all and we already knew that there wasn't going to be um you know we're thoughtful people so we figured out like we had some escape routes right like uh but we, we were like let's see if this works let's drive in here let's yeah. make some phone calls let's see if it works and fortunately you know and the funny thing about it is like at first it didn't like we we drove up to a place 
Um, it was like a little B&B. We pulled into the driveway, and the lady said, um, sorry, I you know, don't have any vacancies. But if you look across this bay, there's a light on. That house there, she's a friend of mine. You can go to her house. She does the same thing. And that place was amazing. Like, we'd lucked out. And it was all because of this, like um, – this adventure that we embraced enabled us to have this thing. And if we had gone into a travel guide, we never would have experienced what we had experienced because this stuff wasn't in the travel books. And most importantly, you went with an optimistic attitude that mm-hmm. somehow it would turn out fine. Yeah. yeah. It didn't matter that the first place was full up. You had an attitude, and believe me, energy <laughs> exists and it impacts things. You had an attitude of this is going to be fine, and sure enough, the lady said to you, well, you know, there's this lady across the way, And I think part et of it, I was going to just add to that, and I think part of it, and as you, as you just mentioned, the energy, I do believe that if we had gone up and, and been like huffy and puffy and like, Ugh, I can't believe you're not going to, you know, she probably wouldn't right. have recommended her friend <laughs> as a place that would have been not. available, right? Like she would have been like, nope, I'm not going to put that on my friend. So yeah, I do not. think that um, that all matters. Absolutely. So let's give a couple of examples for, for people who aren't quite in that place yet. So okay. what if? your wife was taking this new Pilates class. Okay. And what if you just plain decided to be enthusiastic about it, even if you didn't understand anything about Pilates or why the hell she's doing it, etc. Mm-hmm. And to, to turn it around, what if your spouse got enthusiastic about your fantasy football team, mm-hmm. even if she personally doesn't get what the fuss is all about, right? Yep. In other words, what if you just did that? That's what optimists do. Or what if you let past mistakes stay in the past boy along with being taken for granted that's a big one Mm -hmm. right yep what if yeah so you know what if you only turned your attention to making the future a great place to be so taking your example of the of the trip where you guys you know kind of just winged it and had so much fun well a not so optimistic couple could say well, you know, if you hadn't chosen that place, we'd already be in bed. And if you'd only just reserved, we'd already be settled for the nine. And eh, 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 instead of going, oh, that didn't work out. Okay, next. Mm-hmm. Do you see? So that would be turning your attention to the future to make it great. And what if you laid off like all the criticism and the blame and count it to 10 or 20 <laughs> or 100 <laughs> before you let those words leave your mouth? If by then they even spilled out at all, you know, I mean, it's not complicated. It it does take a certain amount of attention and a little bit of effort. Mm -hmm. And I think I think communication and expectation is part of that, too. Um, You know, my spouse and I both knew what was going into it. So it wasn't like she was expecting to have her head on the pillow at 730 in the evening reading a book. And I'm like, well, forgot to make the plans. (laughs) Um, so I, I mean, I can, I can certainly see how all of this would lead to a terrific marriage and an ongoing way, but, um, let's, let's give some people some steps. How do you get there? How do you become an optimist? Um, or, um, if you already have some of that down, what, what do you do to take it to the next level? Okay. Here are three easy, quick steps to becoming an optimist. Now, I'm actually going to use the example of losing your job 
because okay. that is something that very few of us can feel optimistic in the midst of, uh, of course. and which can have a very unhappy impact on your marriage, right? So step one would be to play the what-if game positively. So we all play the what-if game, only mostly we play it negatively. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for example, what if I get fired, okay, usually leads to what if I can't get a new job? What if I go through our savings in a month? What if we don't have enough to cover the rent or the mortgage? So panic sets in, and with that, your stress increases, and with that, your ability to think clearly and make good decisions goes directly downhill. And when you say so, your ability to think clearly, are you talking about yeah. the stress-releasing chemicals literally makes it more difficult to think clearly? Actually, or, I'm talking about your brain shuts down certain very important executive functions in the frontal lobes, if you want to get technical about it. Um, I, the I, blood flow to the brain. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I think have that's, imp- I think that's you important. You didn't know that? No, no, I did. Oh, heck. I'm, I'm trying to emphasize that we now have the, mm-hmm. the, the neuroscience behind some of the words that we're saying that sound good. Um, yes. Where before yes, we, 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 we understood a lot of this stuff because you could see it in experiments, but you, we didn't have the brain scans to actually show this stuff shutting down. And when, so I just wanted to emphasize that when you say that, you know, you, the stress comes and you start, stop thinking critically. No, 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 no. She's literally meaning the brain is shutting down and you are not able to use those functions of your brain to think critically. Correct. Whenever you are thinking angry, fearful, those types of thoughts, all right? Not not sort of in a in a in a soft way, but when you're like you're really feeling it, right? Mm-hmm. What happens is that the blood flow to certain critical parts of your brain literally is greatly decreased. So those parts shut down. Now they don't shut down entirely, mm-hmm. but they're way less. I mean, when you see the scans, you see the blood flow is hardly there, and that's in the front part when the part closest to your forehead uh, of your brain, which is the executive function, meaning the decision-making part mm-hmm. of your brain. Yeah, no, we have the scans to show it now. It's 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 not just mm, you know intuitively sensed. Yeah. You know how when people would say, you know, God, you know, you're so angry, you really shouldn't drive right now. Mm-hmm. They actually were completely correct. Yeah. Because that front part of your brain was not working well it's when so, you're that angry. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because you hear all these sayings that are – I mean they're really hitting the truth without the <laughs> evidence of it at the time. Like you feel – you also have people talk about like really feeling in their gut and all of a sudden we have all this microbiome <laughs> yep. research coming about and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. There is stuff going on in the gut. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then you've got the exact reverse happening when you kick into playing the what if game in a hopeful, confident direction. So in other words, being the optimist now. Mm -hmm. So you could think, for example, well, if I get fired, okay, I have a pretty good skill set. I've learned a lot at this job. I've made new connections. I can probably parlay some of that into a new situation. Meanwhile, I'll put extra effort into my current position so I can't be fired quite that easily. Mm -hmm. So do you see how now you're actually physically letting more blood flow to the parts of your brain that can think clearly, which Mm -hmm. helps a lot. Plus, you'll feel a whole lot better. Plus, your marriage will feel a whole lot better. So the first step is to play the what-if game positively. 
And and in this situation, you become, uh, as we talked in, toward the beginning, you're becoming a person that brings up solutions as opposed to problems. Correct. Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. The second step, and you'll see this one sounds so like, yeah, whatever, but it's so important, is to give the benefit of the doubt. Mm. You see? If you using the jump of, of you know you're afraid you're going to lose your job. Well, the benefit of the doubt would be to to look at this fact that actually you do still have a job. The company isn't likely to shut down completely, so employees will still be needed. Your reviews have been pretty good, so all this reassures you that the sky isn't falling as of right now, which helps you relax, which assures you're functioning at your least stressed best. Now, giving the benefit of the doubt in a marriage is absolutely critical. So when he doesn't take out the trash, give him the benefit of the doubt. It's not because he's turned into a complete jerk and is seeing another woman. Yeah. It's probably because he's been on the internet too long. Yeah. (laughs) And totally zoned. I mean, that's the benefit of the doubt in a very real, practical here now. sense. Yeah, I was just going to add that I think this is one of the things that people forget is your spouse chose you. They they wanted to be with you. They're not trying to make you upset. I would hope not. And so if they forget to do something or whatever, to your point, giving them the benefit of the doubt, um, I think is the smart play here. Because again, they want to make you happy. Like they don't want to make you upset because again, then if you get upset, then they're going to have to hear it. And even if they are, let's say they are on the internet too long, guess what? That's going to take away from that internet time that they clearly are enjoying. So I think giving them the benefit of the doubt is while it sounds simple, um, it's just changing that mindset of, Oh yeah, yeah. We're on the same team. Like I want their happiness. They want my happiness. You know, they probably just got sucked into reading this. You know, everybody's done it at some point where you, you read some article and you click a link and then you're like, Oh, that was interesting. Let me Google that. And then the next thing you know, two and a half hours have gone by and you know, everything there is to know about some stupid mushroom somewhere. Right? Like it's just crazy. (laughs) And the other thing is, Think of how much more constructive a discussion is going to be if you start off by giving the benefit of the doubt. Because let's say that there really is an issue that needs to be handled, okay? But the first manifestation of what's going on is forget to take the trash out or whatever, okay? Is If you start with the benefit of the doubt, is, honey, did you remember it was your turn to do blah? Is a way better opener for the discussion of, you know what, I don't enjoy doing blah. I would rather not do blah anymore. Let's work out something di- different mm. than to say, gosh darn it, you forgot again. Mm-hmm. Which only leads to, and I hate you too. <laughs> yeah. Kind of discussion. You know? So, benefit of the doubt sounds really simplistic, but I have found it's challenging to do because we get in thought habits, mm-hmm. but it's very valuable. I, you know, on that point really quick, I'm going to add one last thing. The the whole thing about like be- giving the benefit of the doubt sounds simple to do. I would say life in general seems simple to do. We know what is right and what is wrong in almost all cases. We, a lot of times we'll choose something that's easier than right or whatever it is. Like just right. because something is like very simple doesn't mean it's easily executed and 
I like I. I don't know. I, I, I love movies. I love TV. I love books. I love all this stuff. And one of the things that I struggle with when, is when I see characters, and I realize it makes for good drama and conflict, but I struggle when I see smart, really thoughtful characters um, do dumb, make dumb choices. It bothers me. Mm-hmm. And then I think, mm-hmm. oh, we see really smart, thoughtful people make dumb choices all the time all the time yep and so just because something's easy and it's like it's so obvious like i feel like i don't know how people like what needs to happen for people to try to make the right decision all the time um but just knowing that it like i feel like we just overcomplicate things sometimes way too much you know and even in marriage we know what will make our spouse happy I know that I, my my wife would be very happy if I get up in the morning and I make her breakfast. Like I just know that'll make her happy. So guess what? I do it. It works. Mm-hmm. It's not you know mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> like it's it's just not rocket science. And I feel right. like we overcomplicate this stuff. And it's like you know if if I can't, then I will. And if there's an expectation there, then I will tell her. Or if you know you're able to I'm able to find other surprises for her in other ways or she's able to surprise me in other ways and it's just we we definitely overcomplicate things by not just making the simple right choice so while giving somebody the benefit of the doubt is super easy I can also understand why sometimes it can become difficult because we do we 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 just complicate things or we're just not thoughtful about it right like we just we are become reactionary as opposed to thinking about okay Responsive. why are being yeah why are they why are they doing this so um, right. yeah and so benefit of the doubt is is one of my all-time favorites and the last step would be to reminisce constructively which are fancy words to don't think backwards mm. <laughs> in other words most of us when we're faced with a situation we don't like we think of all the bad things that have already happened to us and how awful it felt and how hard it was to get back on track and all that does is doggy downer you you know Mm -hmm. so instead you want to practice reminiscing constructively in other words deliberately think about all the good things that have happened to you how good those seeming out of thin air helpful coincidences felt like the one you just described so easily Steve with the the gal who says oh no I can't but there's my friend Mm -hmm. you know across the bay and how wonderfully that turned out I'll bet you've had thousands of those in any given year in any given year and so when you reminisce like that of the the people who've helped you along the way even if it was a stranger who smiled at you in passing when you needed a little a little kindness all those things are hallmarks of optimists and they make your life and because of that you and your spouse's life together a lot lot better yeah I, I was just going to say, and this is one of those things that you mentioned, you know, smile like a, a stranger smiling at you or whatnot. If you want to, like, change the energy around you, just walk around and smile at people and watch how many smiles you get in return. It totally bounces back oh, yeah. at you, right? Yeah. And, it, and it, that's a fun one to do. Yeah. And it's so easy. It doesn't cost a thing. <laughs> right like it's like this stuff is super easy and um and you're right about the i i hadn't actually thought uh, uh, uh about the the person on our trip who recommended us um i hadn't mm-hmm. thought about the the possibility of her not until we were talking about it 
but it makes sense to me that if we had been mean or angry sure. or not polite or kind or nice or right. jovial or whatever, um, if we right. had thrown off the opposite energy, I suppose, uh, right. she, it could have turned out a very different way. Um, well, she, she would have simply shut down, and so it wouldn't have been nasty or anything. She just wouldn't have offered. No, that's what I mean. Yeah, like our our situation could have turned out much differently. Um, but yes, you know, kindness and and this is it, it's interesting. I've had conversations with people about um, you know, like the zombie apocalypse, Armageddon type scenarios, and I know a lot of people who are like total survivalists, and I do believe in you know basic preparation of you know disasters and things um but i also believe in people and this is a conversation that i've had with other people about you know uh yeah but if you just go to your neighbors and you you know you 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 talk to them or put a put your thumb out on the street like in that kind of a situation yeah one situation is every person mad max out for themselves and you know the next person pulling up in their car could execute you or they could give you a lift to wherever you need to go and it really depends on i'll tell you something more often than not they give you a lift they do in other words there are fascinating studies and research done that show that overall okay not everybody but overall people want to help each other we like to help it makes us feel good yeah and so it made that lady who gave you the, you know, the go go across the bay, it made her feel good to do that. But, of course, that's contingent, like you said, on the fact that the energy you were projecting, you and Jessica, was one of, you know, oh, well, okay. No, there was nothing bad attached. No no blame. No criticism, etc. Yeah. And that's, I, I think the thing about it is um, we, we – as you just mentioned, we know through research that people um, are wired – to be um, with other people, like they are wired yep. to be in communities and to be with fel- their fellow man and all this stuff. And um, even when you think about, like, uh, we were talking about how um, we get pumped all this negative information all the time. But if you want to take like a bad situation of like, let's say a home invasion or a home robbery, most people who do that are not murderers, right? Like they they are doing it right. to steal stuff. And, but we always think they're going to come into the house, they're going to steal my stuff, and then they're going to kill me. Well, that's actually not really what happens. Like, if you looked at the murders compared to the robberies, that almost never happens, actually. Um, And it's because, like, you know, I'm not saying that robbery is good, (laughs) not saying that murder doesn't happen. But the point being is, like, most people aren't out to, like, destroy human nature, which is really what that is. So correct i don't want to end this on a total downer uh i I know (laughs) i know it's my fault that i totally brought it there but i'm just trying to like point out that like all these bad things that we get pumped into our eyeballs and ears um are the exceptions and not the rule um and so being an optimist uh, i think this is something that you wanted to hit on noel is that there are no downsides there Correct. Are, there are no no, no nasty side effects, no disclaimers, no fine print, nothing. And by the way, people will say that that you know if you're an optimist, you're a Pollyanna, but you know what they forget? Pollyanna thrived. 
That is a you always come up with these like great little things. <laughs> Pollyanna's Pollyanna thrived. Uh, martyrs yes, always did. martyrs always end on a cross. End up on a cross. That's like correct. you have a lot of these great ones that like really stick in my brain. I love them. Um, <laughs> this is this is this is great, Noel. Uh, did you have any final thoughts that you wanted to wrap up with, or um, we good here? No, I would just say it takes practice. So if you want to engage in, you know, an optimistic way of thinking, try it for five minutes, see how it feels, you like it, try it for another five. Is there Pretty a, simple. Um, I, I mentioned the reactionary thing. Is there, is there a benefit to like, you know, breathing, like taking the breath before doing something to kind of like sure. calibrate and balance yourself? Absolutely. Besides then you engage, you know, the front part of your brain, which is the part that needs to be engaged and you tend to ease up and remember more of the good stuff. So absolutely breathing, all of those, uh, those techniques are very helpful. Yeah. Okay. So if you guys want uh, an even better marriage in 2017, or you want to improve a marriage that you feel is just kind of like chugging along, be an optimist. We've laid it out for you. So, uh, happy new year to all you listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in each week. Um, for those of you who have shared us with, uh, your friends and family and find benefit. Uh, I want to, I just want to remind everybody that one of the things that, one of the reasons we exist is I get that not every topic we talk about resonates with every individual. Um, but I am a firm believer that getting a constant drip of positive marriage information, helpful information, um, will do wonders for your marriage because it, at worst, it keeps it top of mind. It, it continues to demonstrate that you prioritize your relationship. So I just want to thank you all for putting in the effort uh, and and listening to the podcast and reading the articles and, and, and signing up for the newsletter. However, however you engage with our content, thank you so much, and I applaud you. And uh, if there's something that you would like us to cover in the new year that we're not, please let us know if you have any feedback or what we would what we can improve on. We'll always love to hear it because – we do this for you and so um, any way we can make it better um, we are all ears so thank you so much and thank you Noel um, it's always a pleasure to do the podcast and thank you for sharing all this very insightful information pleasure is mine thank you Steve uh, and one last thing before we go I want to remind everyone that you can get this information uh, on our website hitchmag.com you can uh, hear and follow more stuff uh, from Noelle at her website, noellenelson.com. Noelle is a relationship expert, a popular speaker, an author. Her most recent uh, relationship books are Your Man is Wonderful and Dangerous Relationships. Her most recent book, however, is Happy Healthy Dead, available for Kindle readers um, or the Kindle app. Uh, it is a fantastic book. I highly recommend it. Um, and you can follow Noelle on the social platforms, on Facebook, Meet the Amazings, her her, her online group. You can follow that on Facebook as well. Um, she's on Twitter. She's on Google+. Uh, and of course, we are on all the social networks as well. So one last time, thank you so much, Noelle. Look forward to doing it again soon. Thank you, Steve. Okay, that's going to do it, everybody. Take care. <laughs>